The Damn Podcast is brought to you by the Influential Grooming Lounge. It's more than just a barbershop. It's where influencers elevate each other and the community meets. Welcome everybody into another episode of The Damn Podcast with your hosts Marcus Greaves and Angie Machado. Angie, I told everyone it's going to be mostly basketball, uh, and it will be for the most part. We might, you know, toss in some football here and there. I think it might be a shorter pod today, but... uh, We've said that before, though, too, Marcus. You're right, and then I end up ranting, and then it, it goes rant. on for a long. Yes, <laughs> I, I'll try not to. I've been holding it back. I actually, I've been waking up every morning at like, like five forty-five. I Are go, you still doing this? Yeah, I go to the gym. I dr- I read some. I read some of my book that I've been reading, and I drink some coffee and some tea. And uh, I think it's. I think it's calmed me down a little bit. All right. <laughs> so I won't have to do that. But uh, Angie, this Beavers basketball team. They're uh, they're looking a lot better than I think a lot of people thought. I think at How the beginning of the season, those, yeah, I mean, yes, I mean at the beginning of the season, I think a lot of people were wondering if they would win a Pac-12 game. I saw some tweets like that, and yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah. Nation can kind of get down every once in a while, and and they did. They, I mean, they had that loss to Kent State that was really ugly right before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, but seriously, I mean, to beat Oregon at the uh, Matthew Knight Arena was was pretty big, and then to come home in that USC game, and then I don't know if you watched last night's game, I did. the UCLA game. That was exciting. I mean, that was some fast pace, and UCLA was that's a big squad. Yeah, UCLA is a good team. I mean, I think year in and year out, they they at least have a couple guys go into the draft. I mean, they get top talent. I mean, it's UCLA for basketball. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they're a basketball yeah. school, so. I think it's just cool. That's a lot of momentum going Oregon State's way. I mean, you come off they they've I think they've won four straight now. Um, they have, they and have. So now they have the Arizona schools coming up. Which, Angie, if if anything is going to define the season, I don't want to say like these next two games will, but I mean, if you look at it, if you even if you could split one, because both those Arizona teams are good. I mean, Arizona State was ranked. I I don't want to throw the wrong number out there. I think they were top 15, weren't they? At one point, At yeah. One point. Now they're 2-2 two and two in the conference, 11-5 um, and five overall. Yeah, and Arizona, I think Arizona's number one right now. I think it's Arizona, and then it goes Oregon State, and then it goes uh, Washington. Something like yes. that. I think those are yep. the standings. So, um, I mean, shoot, it's nice, that you, it, it's nice that we could finally see some progress basketball-wise because – I think a lot of people have been scratching their head every here and there because they're and Angie, you would know just as well as I have. There's been times where you sit back and you watch this team play, and I'm like, "Wow, this team is actually pretty decent. Like these guys are really good." And then, like you said, they have a game against what was that Kent State, and then they Kent. lose, and you're like, "What? What was that? Where was that from?" <laughs> right? Well, and it's been so streaky with with Stephen Thompson. Uh-huh. So that that Kent State game, I think he was like one of seventeen. You can't Beavers can't win without him you know, contributing there. But what I, the, the biggest thing that I saw, especially on Thursday night against USC, was how well they played as a team without Trace Tinkle. Yes. And to see Warren Washington step up and Alfred Holland, um, Antoine Vernon. I mean, these guys really stepped up. They played as a team. And then, yes, when Stevie Thompson's on, he's on. Yeah. I mean, when he, yeah, that, that guy is a pure scorer. And I think both the Thompsons are, I think Ethan obviously saw some growing to do, but, when those two play together, and then, like you said, even with Trace Tinkle out, and you have those, and and you still beat a USC team without your best player, that's that's huge. And I think a lot of the guys, I think that gave him a lot of confidence because, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I know it was back and forth. I would say for 
maybe a little bit. There's a little doubt that I was like, oh, no, I hope UCLA doesn't come back. But then I can't even remember what it was, what the what the score was or, or what time it was on the clock. But I was like, Oregon State's going to put them away. And then they did, and they put, you know, kind of like an exclamation point at the end. And I know there's a little little garbage time that UCLA came back or scored some quick points right before the game was over. But – Angie, I was like, that that was a good win. That's a big win to have, especially against a team like UCLA. Well, and then, you know, you see what UCLA did to Oregon on Thursday right. night. Where I mean, I've never seen anything like that one. Where <laughs> Oregon had bad. a nine-point lead with 51 seconds left. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had, I had totally, like, that. so that was the game before Oregon State's game. So I had flipped over to the Oregon State game thinking, oh, well, Oregon's got this one. And then all of a sudden, my husband, like, checked his phone, and he goes, that game's going to overtime. And I was like, no way yeah i mean seriously and then they come back and win so um yeah and to see oregon state i think that's been maybe a, a criticism of coach tinkle in in the past is not really putting teams away and mm-hmm. you know kind of taking the the foot off the pedal and yeah. he didn't do that and that helps give those guys confidence now going on the road like you were you were starting to talk about going on the road you know if oregon state could split this this series this weekend down in arizona i think that would be huge mm-hmm. they play at in Tempe on Thursday night and then at Arizona on Saturday. So, um, you know, winning on the road is huge. I'm, I'm looking right now. Arizona at home is nine and one. They have a nine and one record. Oregon State on the road is two and one. So, I guess not. But nine and one at, at McHale Center is going to be going to be tough. So, right. Oregon State will have to definitely bring that A game. Yeah, guys will have to step up. Uh, Stevie Thompson is going to have to go off. Trey Stinkle, by the way, I don't think we talked about it in that Civil War game. That kid is a beast. (laughs) He is like a legit NBA player. And I know know, uh, the season before we had Drew Eubanks, and I think a lot of people kind of questioned if he was going to be able to make it into the NBA. He does now. He plays or he's in the San Antonio Spurs organization. I know he plays for their – I don't know if they – do they call it a D-League or a G-League? Yeah, yeah, something I don't know. Whatever that is, but – I mean, he gets he gets some minutes uh, with the Spurs, so that's pretty cool. But I okay, think, but how about Kyler Kelly? Yes, I was I was just about to say Kyler Kelly has stepped up big. I like the way he plays. I oh, really don't you do. love it? He reminds Seriously. me of JaVale McGee in a way. A lot of people, if you watch NBA, you'll be like, please don't compare him to that guy. But just his athleticism and his size, like he's not obviously the bulkiest guy, but he can move and he can move up and down the court. And he's been a real presence in the paint. And a lot of people, I actually read an article today. I don't know who re- who wrote it. but uh, And Mike Yam, actually, we should probably say this, too, before we go off. Um, Mike Yam, the Pac-12 studio host and anchor, he's going to actually hop on the podcast later. Um, once me and Angie are done talking, he's going to hop on and talk some Pac-12 hoops. And we'll kind of get his insight, I should say, with... Actually, maybe inside isn't the right word. But we'll talk some Oregon State football, too, and kind of get his thoughts on that as well. I don't know how long we have him, maybe five to ten minutes because he's a busy guy. I think we're going to ask him a damn question, too, aren't we? Yes, we will ask him a damn question. So that will be even better. Um, But, yeah, Angie, I like the way that this team looks. I I, I do, too. I'm liking it. I think a lot of the bench players are stepping up, too. And so, I mean, I know it's early, and we never want to just hype it up too much. But, I mean, anytime you can beat the L.A. schools – you can beat the Ducks, and maybe if you at least split one with these Arizona teams, I mean that's pretty good. You're sitting pretty good, and you're feeling pretty confident that you can maybe push a, or make a, a good run in the Pac-12 tournament, and maybe make a run. I don't know how the how it goes with the select or the yeah the committee with the tournament or whatever that is, but 
hey, if Oregon State can continue playing the way they are, I don't see why they wouldn't at least be in consideration to make the tournament. Yeah, I just I just think it's fun. I think we, we've watched Oregon State basketball struggle for so long. I think the fans are excited. Um, you know, and I, I also heard that they had the biggest student section that they've had all season. So by getting those guys excited, getting the fans involved, um, you know, they, that's the thing. If they want to make the tournament, they've got to win out at home and then, you know, really split those road games because winning on the road is tough. So having that student section there, I know plenty of fans are making the trek uh, to, to check it out. So it's fun to see excitement back yes. in Gill Coliseum. And Angie, not to just focus on the men's basketball team, but I think <laughs> I saw something in the lodge that someone was saying, it was, I mean, obviously they're being sarcastic and being funny, but they were saying something about the girls' basketball team and how we don't really talk about them. And we don't, we should, because I think it's, I don't want to say it's like baseball because I'm not going to lie to you guys. I don't know everything in the world about baseball. I think I know quite a bit about basketball and football, but I don't know anything about baseball, so I don't I don't really want to, like, jump in and, and say something wrong and someone, like, come at my head for it. But I think it's it's hit a point where, our girls' basketball team is so good, and, like, <laughs> we just don't talk about it because, for me, whenever I see them, like, have a big win on the road and people are like, wow, that's huge, you know, Oregon State's women's basketball team knocked off these guys. I'm like, well, yeah. I mean, they're good. That's what, expected. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's what they do. <laughs> they just win games like that. So, um, I do have to give them a shout-out. and I have, Yeah, and they, they swept the L.A. schools as yes. well. So. I don't know. There has to be a good stat on that about when was the last time Oregon State swept in men's and women's on, you know, the, the Southern California schools. But, you know, it's, it's been fun this year because we have Jeff Perry, who does cover baseball for us with JP's weekly walk-off. He has taken on women's basketball this year for Beaver Blitz. Okay. And it's been a blast. Now, he really breaks down into stats. He takes a look at opponents. So we have the weekly buzzer beater for women's hoops now. And um, been a really fun look. So if you're more of a casual women's basketball fan, kind of like the, to follow from the peripheral Definitely check out Beaver Blitz. Every we run the story the the first day of the the series. So look for that preview. I believe it's Thursday this week, um, and it's just a fun look of you know breaking down that the women's basketball, their stats, the stats of their opponents, and uh, get you ready for for the week's action. Yes, Angie, I was gonna say something else. I think it was about football. Maybe I can't remember now. Just football. I know. I said we were gonna be mostly basketball, but Mike and we'll we'll hop on and we can continue to talk about um basketball but Andy, well how, you know what i want to talk about a little bit while we're still talking base or basketball is the fact that oregon state has those signees the three oh signees yes that's exactly what it was yes yeah so seriously so there is a guy a young man by the name of jared lucas now if you haven't made yourself familiar with him he signed with oregon state make yourself familiar with this young man so again beaver blitz runs following the future where we catch up with these guys every thing and the women actually we catch up with the women and men signees for hoops and uh, every friday we run this adam nicholson has been doing a great job jared lucas right now is number four in the california interscholastic league cif history for scoring he has 2951 points the past three games he has scored 54 49 and 44 and for the season, he's averaging 39.2 points a game. Oh, my goodness. How that, exciting is that if, that's you're, I mean, if you're looking ahead? Yes, that is unreal. And he's he's a true point guard, isn't he? Like, he actually classifies as a point guard, right? I know there. I guess yeah. there's a difference between true point guard and and uh, scoring point guard. But, uh, Angie, that's exciting. My goodness. Yeah, I mean, he's been scoring points like that. And that's against California teams. I mean, there's yeah, some good like, basketball teams there. 
Yeah, that's uh, it's it's. I mean, if you're a Beaver fan, I mean, look at that for the future. And I know that Coach Tinkle has come under some scrutiny with recruiting and you know questioning whether he can recruit if it's not a family member of a of a coach. So um, this year, I think we're seeing it though. I mean, UCLA really struggled at the line, and to see Oregon State you know, shooting free throws like they did. Um, you know, Kyler Kelly is big, Antoine Vernon. I mean, that was a guy that really kind of came out of nowhere from Canada. Yeah. And uh, he's he's had some some meaningful minutes and points this, this season. So um, this this group coming in is, is exciting. Yes, and I don't want – I mean, anyone who's still listening, I mean, I know we're only 12 minutes in. <laughs> but uh, I kind of – Angie, I don't think we do this enough, but I really like hearing what – what the fans have to say and everyone who listens to our podcast and listeners, what they have to say about kind of some of the topics that we talk about. So first I'll ask anyone who's reading this or, or listening, excuse me, um, if you can reply in any way, especially on Twitter, maybe because that's usually what I check. Um, kind of, I want to know your guys' thoughts on, on coach Tinkle and kind of this season so far for this Oregon state team and kind of, one, do you think he's still the right fit, or do you think he is a fit? Like you said, Angie, kind of. It, I guess it's kind of hit and miss. Some people really like him and see his vision, and some people don't. I don't know what year he's in. I think he, what is it, four? Is he in year four? Four, yeah. Yeah, he's in year four. Yeah. So, um, And then I also want to get kind of your guys' thoughts just in general of um, what your expectations were for this basketball team and if obviously they've exceeded them or not. So that's something to keep in mind. And I'll throw another one in. What is your final expectation for this yes. season? I know it is still early, too. So It's very um, early. I, th- I don't know if we've seen something quite like this with Oregon State knocking off these kind of teams so far. I don't know if we've seen that yet or if we've seen it in the past couple seasons. But uh, it's just nice to see. <laughs> it's certainly nice. And then you get someone like Jared Lucas coming in. And I, rem- I remember seeing his stuff on um, – I think it was World Star or something. <laughs> For those who don't know what World Star is, it's like something that a bunch of young I guess I'm am I still considered young? I hope you're still considered young. Anyways. <laughs> you're gonna ruin it now. You're gonna ruin it like Facebook, you know, because now all the old people are gonna go start checking out World Star. Oh yeah. Old yeah, I don't get on Facebook often. I think Facebook might be for older folk. Not older folk. <laughs> Do I say older folk, aged folk? What? That's maybe that's another question. Do you prefer older folk or aged folk? Maybe is it like seasoned? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what a good term is because I actually this is completely off topic. But yes. I said Marcus's rant for the day. I, <laughs> I don't want to say this is a rant, but I held the door open for uh uh I should say young lady now because I said some like I held the door open for somebody and she was like, "Oh my gosh, thank you so much." And I said, "Yes, ma'am." And she was like, I think she was maybe 30-something. And she looked at me like she was mad. She was like, I'm not that old. I'm only 30. And I was like, whoa, whoa. I just said, yes, ma'am. I got to respect. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. But I, I will say I'm right there because I, so I'll never, ever forget Fiesta Bowl. Staying at the, you know, I worked at Oregon State. We were at the hotel where the players were staying. And I had been downtown in Scottsdale and brought the cab back. And I got out of the cab and. Chad Johnson was like going between rooms mm-hmm. and I said, you know, I said something like, good luck, Chad. And he goes, thanks, ma'am. And oh my gosh, I mean, I was, I think I was like 24 at the time <laughs> and I was 25 and I was like, what a oh, ma'am? I, I, it's still I, it stuck with me 20 years later. Yeah. Uh, Obviously I haven't forgotten it. Yeah. So yeah, I probably just, well, there it is. I, that, I that girl's it. never going to forget it. <laughs> never going to forget it, Marcus. Um, okay, so what do you want to you want to talk football a little bit? Yeah, let's talk a little football, Angie. Uh, 
I don't know if you have any updates on maybe a coaching search, a DB coach. But if it you... has been really quiet, um, Coach Smith is doing um, keeping this pretty quiet. We do have a hot board on Beaver Blitz that um, I update with new information. So what I can confirm is that I've heard now from several different people. So um, it sounds like Coach Smith did interview up to six people this past week at the um, AFCA conference in San Antonio. Um, I, I do. I have also heard that our list that we have on, on Beaver Blitz, our hot board, is pretty accurate. But the posting is still live, and it's been extended again through this Thursday. So um, they've added another week. Um, have not heard anything that, uh, you know, it's getting close. And uh, so we just remain watching and uh, checking in with as many sources around the country as we can. Mm-hmm. Angie, uh, something I wanted to hit on, USC just lost their offensive coordinator, right? He's obviously yes. the head coach at, for the Arizona Cardinals now. Which is my rant for the day. How does a guy go from getting (laughs) fired for having kind of a mediocre team, picking up and then somehow landing as the head coach of an NFL team? That's exactly what I was going to say. And I think me and Sprague and uh, Will Darkins have actually talked about that a couple times. Like, It just baffles me. Yeah. Is that that a move because Sean McVay is young and, like, everyone is trying to do that new young trend or what? Because – yeah, you go from getting fired at a Division One college, right? You go from fu- getting fired at Texas Tech. Then all of a sudden you flip it and <laughs> you go to USC as the offensive coordinator. You're like, okay, that's probably the right fit yeah. for him. You know, he's a great offensive mind. And then what was it, two weeks later, not even that? He is he's a head coach of an NFL team. Yeah, that's that's a bold move right there by the Cardinals, and I don't think that was the right move. Uh, I hope not, but that's what I wanted to hit on, Angie. So maybe, maybe it's two things real quick. One – Am I the only one that doesn't think that's fair? Like that that coaches can bounce around like that, but the players have to lose a year if they go somewhere, like if they bounce around. I don't know, I, like I, there's another thing for the listeners. Do you guys think that's fair? And please explain to me if you do or don't cuz I actually am super curious because when I see that, I'm like, "Well, that's not fair. Like he can just bounce around." But if yeah. a player wants to leave, then he does then like he has to sit out a year. Yeah, I I don't agree with that either. And so that I don't understand that, but um, a thing I wanted to hit on, I don't know, and like I said, Angie, you would know this a lot better than me, and I don't want to put you on the spot or anything, but with him leaving, I don't know if he's really recruited anyone to USC, but I I can guarantee you if you're an offensive guy that you see something like that, and you're like, ooh, okay. You know, when he goes to USC, you're like, wow, this is this is really cool. Like, he's a great offensive mind. I think he's going to put me in the right place uh, to succeed and everything like that. But then he leaves. Do you think that affects – any recruits at USC, and I don't know if Oregon State has even been like interested looking at any of those guys or even talking to them. But I kind of just want to get your thought on that. Do you think that's going to affect any way Oregon State's recruiting? Do you think they'll maybe go for some guys like that or what? Probably not. I mean, if if he was had been there a little bit longer, even like two more weeks, it may have. <laughs> yeah. He was there for such a short period of time, and it was you know a lot of that was during the dead period. It's it's really not. Uh, it didn't do. Too yeah, much didn't damage. Really do anything. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, I guess that makes sense. Like I said, if he was there, if he'd been there a month, possibly. But um, you know, he was there. A, a chunk of that was during a dead period where you couldn't talk to recruits anyway. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's not. It's, it's not, not anything. That big. Do you think he even like unpacked the suitcase? Do you even think he like Probably not. put a picture of him and his family like on the desk in <laughs> in his office? <laughs> I, I always wonder that. The, that's the craziest thing. I mean, but then you hear stories of. 
coaches that like their family stays behind. Yeah, you know, that's that true. They, I mean, it would be hard. I mean, you think about it as a, you know, I know Marcus, you don't have a family yet, but you know, you think about it and these coaches move a lot. So mm-hmm. um, it would be tough, you know, to be picking up if you have kids in school, you know, constantly picking up and moving every couple of years, but some do it. With, but uh, yeah, I've heard, I've heard stories of, you know, coaches that, um, you know, like a, a coach in Eugene, for example, is I, I've heard he, his family's not even around. So I guess they've stayed behind wherever Denver or whatever and, uh, and are, are living there while he coaches. Yeah. Uh, Angie, is it time for some damn questions? It is time for some damn questions. All right, let's do it. Damn questions are brought to you by Body of Health Chiropractic and Wellness Center. Dr. Jason Young has been the chiropractor for Oregon State Athletics since 2011. Go to yourbodyofhealth.com for more information. Okay, Marcus, I'm going to start off the damn questions because this one, you've already said you're going to answer. Beav27 in the Lodge says, in the previous podcast, Marcus, you made a comment about players going to Oregon and them not being important when their career is done. Curious where this comes from. I have friends who play there, and it certainly isn't the case with them. It also appears that they regularly uh, regularly have past players attending home games. Unsure sometimes why we are so hellbent on destroying them when our previous head coach, Gary Anderson, was notorious for not welcoming back his old, own old players. Right. Uh, I mean, that's a good question. I'm just I say that because I know for a fact there are previous players who played under maybe it was Chip Kelly, no matter what it was. But there was a time where Chip Kelly was not really a big guy on um, letting former players come back. Kind of the same mentality as as Coach Anderson. And yeah, Oregon, I think a lot of people overlooked it because how much success he had at Oregon. But I think um, just in general, a good example is just like with, with the Coach Anderson era, once I was done playing, like I got hurt and I couldn't play anymore, doctors like, hey man, it's your second ACL, you should probably stop. Like, it's not even, you're not even going to be able to come back before the season is over, everything like that. Uh, he... He was like, you know, we still, you know, obviously you're still part of our family, Marcus, all that, yada, yada. But you just know, you do, there's a feeling. There's a different feeling of when you're welcome back and you walk into a place and they're like, hey, man, you know, how is everything? And I'm not saying you always have to go in and be like, hey, Marcus, how you doing? Because, I mean, that's not realistic. But it's the fact that it's once you're done giving them kind of what they need from you, they kind of it, it's kind of like Angie. What, what was that? What were you saying before we got or off air? It was don't let the door hit you in the ass or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Yes, that's kind of exactly how it was. And I know uh, a handful of players who, especially, experienced that with Coach Kelly. Like once they were done there, he kind of didn't really have, want anything to do with them. You know, obviously, if he if you check in with them and yada, 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 I can go on, but I'm just saying it's how coaches are. It's not just the Oregon and I'm not like hell bent on, on trying to destroy them because I'm really not. I mean, obviously they're our rival and I'm always going to talk smack because that's how it is. Same way of, I talked to the Michael James, you know, here and there, and he does the same thing to me. It's just how it goes, right? It's just a rivalry, but um, it happens everywhere. It really does. So, I mean, that's, that's my answer for that. I mean, it really does happen everywhere. (laughs) whether people like yeah, to believe I mean, it or not. And different coaches are going to have, you know, different. Different philosophies. Yeah. I mean, a lot. some coaches really like that, like having having a lot of players back because some, for some places that's kind of how your culture is built and your foundation is built. But other players and other coaches, I mean, I mean, they're not really like that because they're focused on winning and, and stuff like that. So I get it, 
right? And I know we talk smack on here, but come on, it's a it's a Beaver podcast. I mean, if they have a, I think they have a duck podcast. They probably talk smack about us. <laughs> it's how it goes. But uh, no, no shade being thrown when I say that either. I'm just, I mean, I'm just messing around. I'm just being honest. <laughs> yeah, and it happens. I mean, the same thing could be said, like I said, when when Gary Anderson was was at Oregon State, you know, and not welcoming back some of the former players. So. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Uh, awesome. Angie, you got another question? I do. Um, here's a here's a good one. Never tweet three says predictions on QB starter game one with now that Luton is back. I still think it's Jebbia. I, I do too. I do. I think it's good to have a, a backup with experience and that we have some confidence in. Good example is I know it's obviously two different extremes, but you look at the Philadelphia Eagles, Carson Wentz gets hurt, Nick Foles comes in. Right, he can still win them a game. They unfortunately didn't win yesterday, but it happens. Like, is I think it's really good to have him back, but I really think uh, Jebby is going to be our starter. When I'm going to do a bold prediction right now, and we'll, we'll do this in a different show, but um, I'm going to say that Nick Moore is a quarterback to watch, not to be a starter, but uh, I've heard some pretty good things about him. Okay, that's that's a good that's good news. That's, I think people are going to like that. Some of the like I see kicker questions and it just makes me laugh. Angie, actually, I think we did get a kicker, didn't we? I think we no. we didn't get Clackamas's kicker. No, not yet. What? We need to get that kid. I went and watched one of the games and he hit like a a fifty eight yard field goal. Dang. Yeah, I was like, what are we doing? Well, it was like fifty eight or fifty five, maybe fifty. I don't know. Maybe I'm being extreme, but I think we at least need some. Need some sort of backup. Let, oh, let, definitely. I don't want to trash it, but I just want to say I think he needs some competition because he needs someone. He needs someone else to push him to make him uncomfortable. So he has to work on his game and has to get better. And, uh, and that's what happens. Competition breeds better play. Hopefully. Yes, Angie. Do you have another question? I'm sorry. I was about ready to ask one and then I lost it. And you lost it? Okay, let me pull it back up again because I had some here. You know what? I have to give a shout-out to JP. And he, Jeff is who writes, like I, I mentioned earlier, our women's basketball and uh, the, the weekly buzzer beater and then the JP's weekly walk-off. He has some really funny questions. And they're, he's, he's being funny for us because if you listen to some of those uh, some of the radio talk shows, he talks about uh, that he'll take the, off, the answer off the air. <laughs> <laughs> but he says, here's a question. It's actually for me, but we can talk, Marcus, you can talk about it too. Is, um, we talked about it indirectly in the 12-18 podcast, but it seems that February signing date is already basically irrelevant in terms of excitement. Are you with me in thinking that OSU signing day celebration and dinner ought to be moved up to December, um, to the December signing date this year? JP's thought is, let's see what see it see it for what it is and make the move now. He'd rather be the first to do it next year and see how the ducks lay behind rather than be the slow one to play catch up. My only you know I, I hear you JP and you know that you know I have actually kind of thought that idea in my head as well, but here's my problem with that. Is being in December, it's usually it's that third week in December, a venues are really tough to get because of Christmas and holiday parties. And people's schedules are out of control crazy. So I, I think you're better keeping it at February because then you also can look at the class in its entirety than doing it in December. I, I think December just gets to be a tough time to, um, you know, make that work. But um, it's definitely something I've thought about. Okay, Angie. 
Wow. You had me super interested in that. I was almost lost. <laughs> you know, can I say something about those signing dinners, though? Those are cool. I really like those. I think that stuff is really cool. And don't get me wrong. I love dressing up in a suit. And there's like, I know there's a bunch of people taking pictures. So, you know, I'm like walking around like the cool guy, kind of like winking, you know, pointing the finger at the cameras, everything like that. Uh, no, that is not me trying to be the cool guy either before anyone, I was, I was before anyone jumps on that. that. He, JP, actually, in that same question, said he would love to find a sponsor for your um, cool guy on campus rant. You know, I would like that. <laughs> I think, but I, I, I think with the rant, it's more of sometimes I come in here and like, I get done watching film after I do like the film breakdowns and I get mm-hmm. so mad. I'm like, you know exactly what to do. And so I come in here and I rant and then I leave the studio and everyone's like, Marcus, relax. Why, why you look so mad? But, <laughs> um, you know, if we could find somebody to do that, to sponsor that, I would love to do that. I would, I would find like some cool. Rant. Yeah. You think JP so- thinks it should be some kind of a Godfather type theme to it, you know? Wow. That would be, I don't even, I don't know how to, I don't think I could do like a Godfather impression, but I like that idea. And maybe I'll find the music and put it behind it. Uh, <laughs> Angie, do we have any more questions? I think we had maybe one more that I, I, sometimes I just get so lost in our conversations that I, uh, they're just well, yeah, never, never tweet. Well, Matt Chifoni, he always gives us good questions he has a couple though and i'm going to do some research on it because he asked a question about when does the reeser uh stadium sponsorship end mm-hmm. um and whether organization will seek um other corporate naming rights and then also the annual uniform question so i don't want to just you know speak to hear myself speak i am going to uh look into that we can talk about those next week i've made a note of those for next week okay there is oh but there, there, is there never more. tweets has one about how many projected starters from the 2019 had other Power 5 offers? Last season, we broke it down. It was like four out of the 22. Has it gone up? Um, I have not. I, you know what? I'm actually working on that right now. I'm working on a story that will be kind of a projected um, depth chart, and it's a way early look at the projected depth chart. And, you know, I don't want to make people mad, but it's going to make people mad because a lot of people that started and played this past year aren't going to be on my list. So it's going to ruffle some feathers, but um, I do expect that number to go up. Hmm. All right. Angie, good stuff. I actually think it, it I actually think it will go up. I really like, I'm really liking the recruiting class that we have so far. I really like well, it. Okay. And I'm going to completely change the subject because it's just popped up on my email, but Stevie Thompson earned his first career Pac-12 player of the week. Well, look at so that. Can- Congratulations to Stevie Thompson. We are pouring in some good news for y'all. Wow. Of course, it'll be old news by the time you guys are listening to the podcast. But True. And it's not even... And Angie, what, our podcast isn't even over. We still got a guest. Jeez. I'm excited for the guest. Well, dang. Angie, I don't know why. I'm just cheesing over here. I'm in a good mood right now about all this. Some good stuff happening at Oregon State. I think a lot of the time we focus too much on the negative, which there is negative, I know, for a fact. But, hey, every once in a while, it's nice to have a podcast where it's like we talk about some positive stuff. And well, some yeah, good stuff are happening. Women's, women's basketball game. is dominant, as usual. Uh, men's basketball is, is playing well. I think the recruiting class is looking good for football. There's some positive stuff we can take away from that. Last thing, Angie, and this will be super quick. 
I was I, like I told everybody, I'm not the biggest baseball guy, not because I don't like it. I actually really like baseball. I think it's super dope, but I'm just not very good, so it frustrates me, so I'm over it. Uh, how in the world, Angie, can we go from winning the College World Series, right, and they come out with the early rankings and then not be ranked first? That's something I, I want to hit on. How does that even happen? Who's the guy who comes up with that? Well, I think they look at, like, you know, who's coming back, who you lose. And, you know, I think the big thing, too, for Oregon State, losing Coach, uh, Coach Casey's big. But, uh, but I feel like wrong. A, they're in yeah, the top was, ten of all the, all the polls. You yeah. can't get too worked up over it. I was going to – oh, yeah, I shouldn't because, like I said, I'm not the biggest baseball guy, but that's still stupid. That, that's, Dude, that's, but there's Marcus's rant for the day. Yeah, that's lame. How can you do that? How can you win a natty and then come back and they have you not ranked number one? You're the team that has that has something to lose. I don't know. Exactly. We're not getting into this, so this podcast will go a lot longer. But uh, Angie, I want to say thank you for hopping on this podcast. I'm going to switch it over to Mike Yam now. So Angie, if awesome. you want to say any last words before I switch over, feel free to. Well, I just want to thank our sponsors. Um, who have stepped up and sponsored the podcast. And uh, thanks for listening. This is fun. And look at this, Mike Yam joining the damn podcast. That's you know, Angie, I've been, I've been putting in work. I've been, I've been turned down a bunch of times by a lot of people, but Mike Yam said he would hop on. So I like this. We'll talk some more with Mike Yam before, if anyone's listening, we'll talk more uh, Pac-12 basketball, Oregon State basketball in general, obviously. But uh, and then we're going to get a couple of his thoughts on Oregon State football and kind of Jonathan Smith and how he sees things going out and kind of how his first season takeaways with this Oregon State team are. So uh, keep listening, everybody, because we're about to switch it over. Angie, thank you so much. Thanks so much, Marcus. Thank you guys who listened to the first half of our podcast, the damn podcast. On the second half, we were fortunate enough to finally reach out and get Mike Yan, Pac-12 studio host. Mike, before we start, I just want to say thank you, my man, for hopping on the podcast. Yeah, man. Anytime. Um, love hanging out with uh, with you and certainly the ability to talk a little bit about Oregon State Athletics. I'm a huge fan, especially on the basketball side after the 3-0 and start. Exactly. That's kind of what we wanted to hit on is, you know, I think a lot of people were are a little bit surprised so far. Maybe not too surprised. Some are, some aren't. But, you know, we kind of just wanted to get your thoughts. So they st- they come out kind of right away at at 3-0 and in Pac-12 play. And I know before, early in the season, they lost to Kent State, which was kind of a rough loss for him. And so, um, you know, usually I have Angie Machado on. She kind of does some CBS 24-7 stuff. But we kind of just want to get your thoughts. So uh, are you are you surprised a little bit kind of what this Oregon State team has shown so far? You know, I wouldn't necessarily say surprised, but I've been more impressed by what we've seen this year. The league, as you know, man, is just... Yeah, it's it's so bad. wide open and, and down as well. I, I think you can make that argument um, as well. But I think the one thing that stands out about Oregon State is you go and get a nice road win against your rival to start league play, and then you take out two of the L.A.s at home. You know, the 3-0 and start, that's something that hasn't happened since, you know, the early 90s to, to start league play. So I think I'm impressed by that. But I'd also make the argument of, of why it, it looks so good. It's a bunch of veteran dudes on the floor. You know, Tinkle and the Thompsons obviously have played pretty well, but defensively, this is as impressive um, 
a performance, or I should say performances, that I've seen from this team since Wayne Tinkle has taken over. I, you know, the, the the win against UCLA, and I think it's easy to point to Kelly and what he's been able to do, and you can you can say leave the country in blocks, and that's a difference maker. Yeah, hundred percent. But look at what that has meant on the perimeter for for this team. I, you know, they were so active against a. a like I'm going to say it, a superior athletic team in UCLA. You look at their roster and you, you take a lot of those dudes on their team. And I, I still look at Oregon State and they just outworked UCLA mm-hmm. on Sunday night. So to me, it's it's been really impressive. And I think when you look at the league, you called it down, I'd say wide open. I think when you look at the, the conference this season, you have to handicap it to me. It's find the teams that you have the least amount of questions of. Um, and as a guy that's watched college basketball my whole life, it, what does it come down to? It's scoring at different layers. Um, and, and I, I take veteran guys that have been around the block. And I think to me, Washington stands out in that regard. And I think you can really make the case for Oregon State as a team that could finish in the top four and potentially get a first round buy in Vegas. Yeah. And, and that kind of leads me to my next question. I know you hit on Coach Tinkle a little bit. And, you know, there's there's been kind of people who have seen ups and seen downs of, of Coach Tinkle and, you know, whatever the case may be for some people and their opinions. But we kind of wanted to get your opinion because personally, I, I think Coach Tinkle's great. I like his intensity. I like the fact that when you watch him coach, you could tell it matters to him. And it's not a it's it's hard for me to put into words really how he comes off. But he just comes off as a guy that you could tell he cares about his players. And obviously he wants to win, you know, no doubt every coach does. But, you know, there's just something about him. I don't know if it's everyone, you know, loving to joke about the the pit sweat that he has, whatever that may be. But kind (laughs) of give us your thoughts on Coach Tinkle. I love Wayne, man. I think he's a great fit in Corvallis. I think when you look at the fiery nature, and you're right, he, he has it. Um, I, I think that's always impressive. I'd also make the argument, the connection that he has with the players. Mm-hmm. And that's not that's not at every school, and it's a body language thing. It's seeing what's happening uh, on the floor in the timeouts, how he's communicating. To me, it's really impressive, and I think what he's been able to build uh, you know, I mean, you mentioned some of the down moments that that team has had. I, I'd make an argument, too, like when your best play, you know, Trace goes down, when you lose your best player for an extended period of time for a season, like that's going yeah. to affect the, the win and loss uh, results for your team. And I think look no further than what you've seen from this ball club this season. You mentioned Kent State before. Look, I'm not going to point the finger, but I think the reality is if Stevie has even an average game for himself, you're probably talking about a win. Same to be said for the St. Louis game on the road. You know, they've been knocking on the door. You know, non-conference I, I thought was relatively successful. Sure, they they had a couple losses, and you wanted them. You know, the St. Louis one because that would have been a good win, at least in my mind, to get on the road. They didn't get that one, but I think if Stevie plays. Like I said, average in those games, they probably win those matchups. And I think from a confidence standpoint, he's turned the corner. I mean, I, you know, mm-hmm. earlier this week, I actually voted for him for, for conference player of the week. He was able to get that award. You know, he single-handedly put the team on his back against SC. Really, really impressive without Trace on the floor. And then I look at what he did um, against Oregon in the conference opener and then even what he did Sunday night against UCLA. Stevie's been terrific, and I think they get inspired play from him. Uh, Trace continues at, at the clip that he's been able to play on. Uh, Kelly, I mean, they, they got the pieces, but to circle back, I really do think Wayne has done a has done a terrific job so far. Yeah, and you know, you hit on Stevie, you hit on Trace, but you're right, Kelly has came out and and defensively, it's just 
it's on. It looks like this Oregon State team is on another level. And the biggest thing that that at least stands out to me is their communication on defense. And yeah. you know the guys are yeah. talking. They're yelling at each other, letting each other know when screens are coming. You know, the, and so on and so forth. It's just you could see that this team, like you said, is just so mature, and they have they have a confidence to them now. And now that Stevie even steps up even more, I mean. Man, that's kind of icing on the cake, right? When you have someone like Trace, which is going to lead me to my next question is, is what are your thoughts on Trace? I know a lot of people, you know, yeah, arguably yeah. to me, I think he could very easily win the conference player of the year. Very easily. I mean, yeah, the kid is a freak. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think there's no doubt he's on the short list for player of the year. Actually, Don McLean and myself were having this conversation uh, today for our podcast at Pac-12 Network, and I, I thought, Heading into last week, it was Jalen Noel, Trey Stinkle. Um, I think you could have made the case for uh, Rakosevich down at USC, but he's kind of fallen off after what we saw against the Oregons. But Trace absolutely was in or is in that conversation right now. I think he's a next-level player. Um, I, I, no doubt in my mind. The, the way the season is going to play out, I don't know if you need to be on the team. Typically, that award goes to the best player on the first or the second place team to win the conference, which is mind-boggling to me. But I think because you're looking at a, a different type of race than we've seen in previous years, I don't know if you have to be on the first place team or the second place team in the conference to win that award. And I, I think that's why it's such a wide open race. I don't think the difference between one and six in the league standings is going to be separated by more than five games or four games. So I think it puts it, you know, despite the finish, and I think Oregon state has got a great chance to finish in the top five. You know, I think it puts trace absolutely in that conversation, but I, I do think Jalen Noel for, in my mind is still right now the leader of the pack, but mm-hmm. it's, it's a razor thin margin. Last question for you, Mike, when it comes to at least this, we'll talk uh, at least when it comes to talking basketball, so Oregon State, I know it's early, and a lot of us know it's early. And sometimes I think we we overhype it too much. I'm not saying they're overhyped by any means, but I have to ask, your opinion, do you think this is a beef team that, you know, maybe say they win these two ne- next two road games at Air- in, with the Arizona schools, right? Do you think they can legitimately have a chance of winning the conference? Oh, man, if they, if they come up with a road sweep at the Arizonas, a thousand percent. I got to be honest with you, that game against Arizona coming up, I, that is not a gimme game by any stretch of the Wildcats. I absolutely, because of what we've seen from Oregon State defensively right now, there's no doubt in my mind they got a great opportunity to win that game. I think Arizona's had some problems scoring, and they're not the typical Arizona team that we've seen before. And look, ASU is is vulnerable. We've seen them lose some games already in conference season. But they come up with a road sweep. There's, I think they are in prime position. I would be shocked if they don't, at that point, finish in the top four. Winning the league, I, look, they're gone the short list. I just I need to see a little bit more. I'll come back on the podcast with you <laughs> maybe at the halfway point of the season. But I need to see a little bit more of league play because things are so crazy right now. It, it is so hard to handicap this league. I felt good about Utah. Now I don't feel necessarily as good about that team. Um, you know, ASU, I thought they were able to figure things out. And, and I don't know about them right now. I think there's too many unknowns in the Pac-12 at this point of the season. Mm-hmm. So we're going to flip it real quick and, and... – a lot yeah. of our listeners, I mean, they love football, man. They love this Oregon State team. You know, me being a former Oregon State student athlete, I played football. 
I know the ups and downs <laughs> better, almost better than anybody, I would say. So we, with Coach Smith coming in, he's a new coach, obviously. There's a lot of hype behind it this last season. Some say you'll see improvement. Some say you don't. You know, defensively, I know they struggled big time. Offensively, we saw some sparks and we saw, you know, a little shining yeah. light. And so we kind of we kind of just want to get your thoughts on this Oregon State team. Maybe maybe not expectations for next season, but kind of just your overall thoughts, how you see this, how you see this program, what direction they're heading, kind of things like that. Yeah, you know, you mentioned and you asked me about the fit for Wayne Tinkle with this team and on the basketball side, I think he's a great fit. I could not have picked a better fit on the football side than Jonathan Smith. There is no doubt in my mind he was 1,000% the right guy for this job. And you're right. Defensively, there were some massive issues that that team needs to figure out. Um, offensively, I thought there was a lot of positives you could take away from this team. This is – Jonathan's building something here. And I think you look at their class, and I think you can throw out the ratings and the rankings. And, heck, Marcus, you should probably get Yogi Roth on, mm-hmm. on the podcast with you. And he, he could take you more through some of the inner workings of some of these recruits. But I think if you ask that Oregon State staff, they tell you they did a damn good job. And the guys that they wanted to get, they were able to get. I think there are a couple bodies away defensively. I think they just need to play competitive football on that side right. of, of the field. And I think offensively, there's a lot of positives right now with this team that, look, are they going to be competing for, for a conference championship next year? No, I, I wouldn't go that far. But this is a slow build, and I look at the guys that have transferred in who have you know two and three years of eligibility. They're not one-and-done players. So, to me, that's another positive sign from things that we've seen from Jonathan Smith. But, um, to me, I would make the argument that Oregon State is 1,000% on the right track and really has a great opportunity to continue to thrive. Mike, we appreciate you hopping on, my man. I think, I think so many times the, these listeners maybe get annoyed of me, maybe get annoyed of Angie, whatever that is. We always joke around that we don't know how many people actually listen to us at times, but uh, <laughs> it's always good to have somebody else on, especially you know, obviously someone of your caliber and understanding Pac-12 sports, you know, arguably better than anybody else. So uh, we appreciate you having you on and your positivity and I mean. Not only your positivity, but the fact that you're being real with us and kind of giving us a different view is, I mean, it's something we appreciate, man, and we we really look forward to having you back on this podcast sometime. Yeah, man. Anytime. I appreciate the invite. And, and I, I, look, I'm not just giving you lines here. I think dude, the football team is on the right path. I think it takes some time to build a program and rebuild a program like Jonathan has to. And Wayne, man, look at this team. They they got They have – the formula, and we've seen it in college basketball. They have the pieces that are there. Um, I, I think Oregon State in a wide-open conference absolutely can compete on the basketball side. And, heck, I know we didn't get a chance to talk about Scott Ruick's squad, but, geez, we know that the machine Oof. that coach has built. Yeah, so it, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a real pleasure being on with you, man, and, and we'd love to hop on any other time. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mike. We appreciate it.